Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Hey everybody, just want to let you know this episode of the podcast is being brought to you by the Laughing Horror Podcast. Hey, why don't you check this out? Listen to the Laughing Horror Podcast, hosted by Kyle Laugh. This weekly show covers all aspects of the horror community, including reviews, upcoming releases, news, and even occasional interviews with industry insiders. Tune in on iTunes or Stitcher. It's as easy as searching LHP. Or find Laughing Horror on Podbean.com or the Podbean app. Be sure to subscribe and tell your friends. It's time to turn out the lights, grab some popcorn, and watch some horrible horror movies. This is the Terrible Terror Podcast. Each episode, I delve into the world of terrible horror movies. Why do I do it? Well, I can't really explain it, but I love these horrible movies. If you've made a horror movie on your phone, or made your own special effects MacGyver style, please, send it my way. Now, what do you get? When you need to reason to show a ton of boobs in a movie, why you go out and make the film Frankenhooker. Why, hello and welcome to my haunted Halloween month. I mean, haunted October? Uh, I don't know. It's fucking Rocktober, okay? Uh, we're here, uh, and we're doing the big thing in this year that I said I wasn't going to do, where I'm doing four movies back-to-back uh, for 2017, and this year, we've got a theme. Uh, so, we're going to do a different style of movie every week, Um uh, culminating in one film uh, that'll end the month and a lot of people already have guesses of what that last film is going to be and uh i'm not sure if i'm going to tell you whether or not you're right uh some people do know and some people don't know at all uh so is uh that guy over there right is that gal right i don't know not a whole lot of people do uh and uh, we'll leave it at that for the time being. But we're here to talk about the Frankenstein movie of the month. That's right. We start off with a Frankenstein's monster movie. But what a better movie to do it to than 1990's Frankenhooker. I can't believe how young I was when this came out. And I'm honest to God, like, I didn't see it till much, much later in my life. Uh, and it's... Oh, man... It's it's a trip of a movie, to be honest with you, and definitely it has its highs, it has its lows, it has its what-the-fuck moments, uh, and, you know, it's interesting because most of the film uh, really takes place with James uh, Lorenz's character, and I couldn't really pinpoint him. Uh, you know, he's been in a couple of random films, uh, such as Street Trash, the Jerky Boys, the movie. I mean, come on. Who hasn't seen The Jerky Boys, the movie? RoboCop 3, the bad one. Well, 
I guess unless you count the current reboot RoboCop, uh, which was terrible, as I've heard. Uh, and King of New York. Uh, and really, he's the one that carries the film. You spend most of your time with him throughout this movie. Uh, and really, why did I choose this movie? Well, it's been suggested to me a bunch of times, to be honest. And I've always had a morbid kind of curiosity. I don't want to... Maybe it's not morbid. But just a, a general curiosity as to, you know, what it would be like to do a review for this film. And, eh, you know what? It turns out that this is one of those movies that's kind of perfect for the format that I do. Uh, it's got the right amount of everything. And you know what? Without further ado, how about we just get into the movie? Uh, and we open upon a scene where we meet Jeffrey. And Jeffrey is staring at a brain. And it's a brain with an eyeball on it. And honestly... For 1990, the practical effect looks cheesy. It really does. I mean, it looks like it should have been the beginning, like maybe in 81 or 82. Not necessarily 1990. And this is like, when you look at the film, it obviously was filmed before the released year, right? It has a lot of 80s aesthetics to it. Uh, Definitely in terms of the clothes, the cars, the way they kind of set everything up. It feels like an 80s cheesy black comedy horror movie. It doesn't feel like something that comes right out of the 90s. Now, I know you're saying to me, hey, you know, a lot of the stuff that started the 90s is just kind of 80s runoff. And it's true. You look at the cartoons that we watched back in the day that we can remember from that time, and what do you pinpoint from the 90s? Say, like, if you look at the Disney Afternoon, automatically you point at Chippendales Rescue Rangers and DuckTales. But those are runoffs from the 80s, the end of the 80s. And it's even something when you look at the beginning, like the 2000s, for example, again, using cartoons as an example, uh, you look at Cartoon Network stuff, and their stuff really... the you know, the programming that was their original programming didn't really start till about 98, 99, but it's more associated with the 2000s than it is with any other year, um, except for maybe Space Goes Coast to Coast. I think that's one of the first original shows that they did where it was like a little bit, maybe mid-late 90s, somewhere around there. So, uh, so when you look upon this and you look upon the way the set design is, you look away the uh, effects and you look at the, all the models that everything's used, it feels like an eighties film over being a nineties film. So he's sitting there with that brain and he just cannot get it to follow his hand. He's trying to get the eye to look. He can see that the eye is actually looking back at him. Uh, and it's in some weird, like purple goo. Well, it's more like purple water than anything else. I wouldn't really call it a goo. And so he figures out the way to fix it is to stick a scalpel in the brain's head and then use a hammer to slam it down on a piece of it. And the thing goes batshit crazy. And when he goes batshit crazy, all of a sudden it's able to follow his hand just okay. But I still wonder how. Because it's just kind of moving around erratically inside its little tank. And then he gets interrupted by somebody I assumed was his mother, but it's not his mother. It actually turns out to be the mother of his fiance, Elizabeth. And uh, she just wants to get the ketchup. And she doesn't care that he's got a live brain that's like swimming around inside a little bitty like bowl tank thing. And that he's got all these electrodes and everything. She's just like, oh, 
okay, that's just crazy Jeffrey. And she goes outside, and we get introduced to Elizabeth. Let me help you, Zach. Oh, no, no, no. Get those hamburgers up here. Will you hold your horses, Henry? Let me get started here. By the way, he's at it again in the kitchen. Oh, dear. Mm. I'll check on him in a minute, huh? Would you? I'd appreciate that, because we can't get too weird tonight, you know? By the way, for your own good, ease up on the pretzels. Hey, honey, come on. Okay, this is kind of a running theme that happens at the beginning of the film. I'd say within the first act of the film. Uh, They keep talking about how fat fucking Elizabeth is. And she's not fat at all. As my wife pointed out, she's wearing a really bad fat suit. Like, when she turns around to walk away at one point, you can see that they're trying to give her a fat ass in these, like, late 80s clothing options that they have here. But the ass doesn't move like it would. And the rest of it, well, it kind of sways from side to side. But it just looks really terrible. And, I mean, if you're really going to give her a fat suit, give her a fucking fat suit. Make her, like, 300-pound lady. Don't make her into, you know, she used to be 90 pounds, now she's 125. uh, And, oh, wait, she's just wearing baggy clothes. Like, really? That's fat? That's not fucking fat. Um, And... even the character herself, she goes ahead and, like, one of her friends approaches her and she explains how Jeffrey tried to solve her fat problem. Trouble? Nah, same old thing. Jeffrey's too strange and I'm too fat. What happens to your diet? Oh, heck, I've tried it all and nothing works. I've tried liquid diets, seafood diets, vegetable diets, fruit diets, pills, powders, weight watchers, and clinics. I even had Jeffrey staple my stomach and nothing helps. Jeffrey stapled your stomach? Yeah, but it didn't help much. I'm still a compulsive eater. I didn't know Jeffrey was a doctor. Well, yes and no. I thought he worked for New Jersey Electric. Oh, he does. He's just sort of a doctor in his spare time. Calls himself a bioelectro technician, whatever that means. Well, is he at least going to medical school? <laughs> Goodness, no. He's been kicked out of three of them already. And you let him operate on you? Well, of course. I mean, we're going to be married. <laughs> okay, couple things here. Uh, he hasn't been able to get into medical school. He's been kicked out. Uh, and he's kind of a doctor. You would just allow him to randomly staple your stomach? And what do you mean by staple your stomach? Like, he actually opened you up, you've got a giant fucking scar, and he went inside and, like, squeezed some of the fat juice out and then took his, like, staple gun and doom, 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 stapled it together? Or he just took the rolls of fucking fat on your stomach, folded them really, really nice, and then doom, doom, stapled parts of your stomach together? What the hell? Like, I, if I was your parents, I would probably also think that that guy is really weird. And especially if you found out that your, you know, son-in-law-to-be stapled your daughter's stomach for some reason. Uh, and then the other thing is, I guess she's on a seafood diet if she's fat because she sees food and she eats it. I'm sorry. It's easy. It's low-hanging fruit. It's right there for me. Uh, but it's so stupid. Uh, the fact that she's just like, oh, I'm trying all these different diets. But she doesn't look fucking fat. She doesn't look fat at all. Uh, but gotta get away from that. So she goes back inside the house and she interrupts Jeffrey. Jeffrey, uh, eventually the brain fails. It doesn't work the way that he wants it to. 
And she tells him, well, it's time to go outside because, you know, it's his her father's birthday. And they've got to celebrate. And she's, you know, going to give him his gift. And he needs to be there to make sure that he sees it. And what does she give him? Well, she gives him a brand new lawnmower. And looking at that thing, it looks fucking scary, okay? Like, I don't think I've ever seen a lawnmower that has, like, open blades on it. So, I guess you can say you know where this is going. Because I know where this is going. Uh, And Jeffrey here, he has somehow programmed it so that it can be used with a remote control. And that leads Elizabeth to show off how that works. Jeffrey rigged it with this remote control so you don't even have to push it. Thanks, son. Come on, this is your day. I don't want any credit. He's always been creative. What? And it's so easy. You just turn it on like this. Don't don't stand in front of it. And this controls the speed and the direction. So when you want it to go, you just press this. You're on your way, Jeff. Don't stand in front of it. Wait, she's on UHF? Does that mean that she's on, like, Conan the Librarian? Or maybe she was in Gandhi, too? Or, oh, I know, I know. She was one of the contestants on Wheel of Fish. I heard they have a really nice red snapper as a prize on there. Don't go for the box, because then you'll be stupid. You you were so stupid. Uh, so, no, the lawnmower... Uh, and honestly, she has enough time. She has more than enough time. This is like watching the scene in Austin Powers where he's driving at the guy with the steamroller moving really, really slow. Except for, uh, granted, the lawnmower is moving a little bit faster. But she has, when he when Jeffrey goes and says, no, run out of the way. She has enough time to like, jump and dive or like throw the remote control somewhere and get out of the way or you know what just when it gets close to her jump in the fucking air because it's low enough to where she can just jump over the goddamn lawnmower but of course she doesn't and blood and guts fly everywhere well mostly blood on the lawn gnome man what that lawn gnome ever do to her man i just seeing the blood splatter it just oh so bad Poor Lawn Gnome. He was going to star in one of those, like, Travelocity or where the fuck the gnome came from commercials. Man. Now he's got blood all over his face. So anyway, we go to the credits at that point. So we're about five minutes in the movie before you even get the credits. And the credits, like you heard, are relatively short. Uh, but I like the way the title card is done. Like, it's really simple. It has, again... Even though this is a movie from 1990, it has a late 80s flair. So you have like a lot of like neon and then the animation when the lightning goes by and then the Frankenhooker comes up. I think it's pretty well done and it's very entertaining. And you also get to see at this point kind of the madness of Jeffrey because he keeps mumbling over things and he keeps talking about oh if I connect here and I do this and then I I make sure that this gets enough weight and this is going to take this much. And then he goes E equals MC squared. What the fuck does that have to do with bringing something back to life? I understand what the fuck is going on. I know what the name of this movie is. It's Frankenhooker. That means there's a Frankenstein-type thing going on here. A Frankenstein's monster-type thing, I should say. Please, excuse me. But, so should this be Frankenhooker's monster? Huh. 
I guess that's a question for later on. But he says E equals MC squared. And that's really something for the theory of relativity, okay? Now, I'm not like a science guy, and I don't pretend to believe, you know, not pretend to believe. That would be horrible if I didn't believe in science, but I don't pretend to know exactly what it is. But I think it has something to do with light. You can fucking... DM me or whatever if I'm totally wrong. So, I don't know what that has to do with electricity necessarily and forcing so many volts inside of the body. By the way, how many volts are you really going to need, Jeffrey? I gotta get 1600 volts again. I can tap in that. I'm gonna tap in a Newark power station again. I'm gonna cause a brownout. Okay, so he needs 1,600 volts of energy to bring whatever he's going to bring to life. And then he leans over and he starts, like, making out with a picture of Elizabeth's head. Like, it's perfectly cut out and put at the top of this whole drawing. And it's just weird, because he's super, super obsessed with Elizabeth. I understand somebody dies, it's the love of your life, and, you know, you're like, hey, guy... Maybe you need to get over these things. Like, no, I can't get over it. But eventually, you know, they kind of do. They don't think about bringing their loved one back to life. Well, maybe they do. Maybe I can understand what this guy is going through. But he's so obsessed that he decides to start to watch the old <laughs> news broadcast of when Elizabeth died. What began as a birthday barbecue ended in a bizarre tragedy in Hohokus, New Jersey today. It was this power mower that brought a quick end to the life of 21-year-old bride-to-be Elizabeth Shelley. Like wood through a mulcher, the girthful fiancé disappeared beneath the blades of the berserk mower that sent her personality raining down upon the horrified birthday revelers. In a blaze of blood, bones, and body parts, the vivacious young girl was instantly reduced to a tossed human salad, a salad that police are still trying to gather up, a salad that was once named Elizabeth. Okay, okay, that's really fucking cheesy, but at the same time, how many different ways are they going to call her fat? Vivacious... Come on. Everybody knows it. They might as well just say zaptake, you know, too. Or curvy. Or, oh, she's got a lot of junk in the trunk. Or some shit like that. Because they just basically said, oh, some fat bitch got eaten up by a lawnmower and her body parts flew everywhere. How powerful was that motor for the body parts to fly everywhere, by the way? Wouldn't it have just, like, sucked her in? If it was truly powerful enough, it would have just completely wrecked her and, like, blown her at least into the bag. I could have sworn I saw a bag on the back of that lawnmower. I could be mistaken. And thinking about the way that she might have died, it sounds like it's, like, Mortal Kombat 2. You remember when you'd use, like, those moves where the people would explode and then there would be a bunch of bones everywhere? That's what this sounds like. She exploded the moment the lawnmower ran over her, but it would emulsion her, right? Anyway, let's continue on with the newscast. But death by lawnmower is not the end of the strange twist in this case. Of course, it's hard to be real specific at this point, but yes, apparently parts of her are missing. Do you know which parts or how many? Uh, like I said, it's hard to be real specific at this point. She's just one big jigsaw puzzle. Jigsaw puzzle? Jigsaw puzzle. One of the eyewitnesses to this terrible tragedy is also the young victim's fiance. Oh, excuse me. You saw the accident happen? <clears throat> I don't want to talk about it. 
And you have no idea what happened to the head? I, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't see it. I, the last time I saw it, it was uh, it was spinning through the air. I don't. You know, why don't you just leave people alone with their grief, huh? I guess that's it. Because this is such a quiet town, the whispers can be heard all the louder. Whispers that are less concerned with the tragedy that befell a young woman than with the grisly souvenirs collected by a person or persons unknown. In Hohokus, this is Judy Graff for 8 News Alive. Now, is it just me, or does Jeffrey really sound like... And I know we really haven't heard a lot from him yet in this movie, but he sounds like a stereotypical like a super stereotypical new jersey guy he's it seems like at times hey yo what's up over here what are you doing not my yeah my new jersey accent fucking sucks but honestly it's so like hard new jersey that it makes the character absolutely funny like just from the way that it's done and even when you're looking at him he is just look like he's gotten the shit beat out of him like he hasn't slept in weeks he's really pale in almost every scene that he's in except for when he's doing something entertaining like looking at strippers uh well not strippers hookers i gotta get that right there's a difference there's a slight they're about the same okay uh but he he just looks like he's down the dumps all the time but he gives such energetic performances when he does it's really kind of weird and kind of crazy there's just points in the film and you'll hear them throughout where he's really kind of subdued and then other times where he's absolutely off of his rocker and really outspoken with what's going on so he's still sitting there he's finishing it up and then we get to meet his mother who walks on him watching this again you've been watching it again i can't help it ma this is not healthy for you it's not good for you. I can't help that either. I don't know, Jeffrey. Um, you know, you know that girl at the supermarket that I told you about? She asked for you again today. Why don't you give her a call? I don't want to. You don't want to? You know it's not right for you to spend the rest of your life in here. Elizabeth's dead. Life goes on. I mean, you've got to find yourself another girl. That's what I'm working on, Ma. Oh, that's what you're working on? I don't know, Jeffrey. Well, you don't find someone by hiding from the rest of the world or keeping yourself cooped up in here or in the garage or in that stupid power plant. Why don't you go back to medical school? Medical schools upset me, Mother. And I really thought that someday you would become a great doctor. And I mean a great doctor. I mean, I never thought that you would throw it all away for some silly fuse box or... Oh, my God. Okay, so there's a couple things. They made a big deal out of saying Jeffrey's mom, you know, the actress's name, who's Louise Lasser... A big deal about Louise Lasser as Jeffrey's mom. And then, honestly, probably giving the most phoned-in performance I have seen in a movie in a long fucking time. Like, it is really straight up like, oh, okay, well, you know, 
your your fiance got fucking obliterated by one of your creations, and you should just get the fuck over that and fuck somebody else. Like, it, but it's given so deadpan. It, at least that's the way that I feel about the whole performance in there. Then she goes over at the end of that, and she's like, "Oh," and I'm like, "Oh, did she find something?" Like, he's got everything laid out on the table there. The the body, you know, it's not the actual body, but like drawings of the body and with her head on top of it and all the different notes that he's got and the connections that he's making and she doesn't oh no no she doesn't look at that doesn't even bother with that shit no she looks over and it pans over the goddamn tank which is filled with purple fucking liquid and guess what's in there the brain from the beginning of the fucking movie and she's just like oh hey look your thing's doing well did you know that he has a brain in a fucking fish tank right there? A brain with a fucking eye? And you're just like, oh, hey, cool. Like, your your experiment's great. Your son's a fucking psycho. He's got something that, that shouldn't be sitting there in the goddamn tank. And he's just... Oh, what? Your son has a fucking brain with an eye in a fish tank in the middle of your living room and you're cool with it. What the hell is going on in this movie? I swear to God. So, he, you know, she starts talking to him a little bit more. And he goes into a dialogue about how he's feeling. And she ends it in the good old-fashioned mother way. Something's happening to me that I just don't understand. I can't think straight anymore. Like, my reasoning is all, uh twisted and distorted you know i seem to be disassociating myself from reality more and more each day i'm antisocial becoming dangerously amoral i've lost the ability to distinguish between right from wrong good from bad i'm scared I mean, I feel like sometimes I'm, I'm plunging headfirst into some kind of black void of sheer, utter madness or something. Do you want a sandwich? Oh, because a sandwich fucking fixes everything. He's, like, bearing his whole soul out. He doesn't like himself. He doesn't know what he's becoming. He feels like he's going down this deep, dark hole, and all you can offer him is a sandwich? You know what? A sandwich does sound pretty good right now. Maybe I should go over there. Go down to Togo's. Hey, you know, there's that one fat guy food review that reviewed some new, like, French dip sandwich that they had there. It sounded really, really good. Uh. Anyway, no, no, no. Sandwiches do not solve fucking everything. Especially when your son is trying to figure out a way to bring his dead girlfriend back to life. And don't tell me, you know, you've seen the trailers for this. You've heard it already. You know exactly what's going to happen. I understand she doesn't necessarily know, but look at the fucking drawings in the... Look at the brain in the goddamn fish tank, okay? (laughs) You really, really need to do something about your son because something's going to happen that he's not going to be able to reverse uh, and it's just all going to be bad for him. So, she leaves to go presumably make his sandwich, and we get him on the outside. 
and he pulls something from the trunk of his car and then goes to the garage. Now, it looks really weird, especially now that they were talking about how the head and some other body parts from uh, Elizabeth were missing. So, uh, naturally, I assumed that's what's got to be in there. But no, uh, he goes into the garage and he opens up one this garage is a mad scientist fucking garage okay this set looks fucking awesome i really love the look of the set from the giant turbine in the back uh to the table with the restraints on it and wait how do you fucking not know what your son is doing in your goddamn garage if he lives with you? Look at all this shit. He's got all these fucking weird diodes and electrode things. And, uh, you know, he's got the, like I said, the big giant fucking turbine in the back. The electric turbine that is back there. It is literally like 12 feet tall. And yet, you're cool with it. Or you don't know. How do you not know? Hey, Jeffrey, I... I need to get a screwdriver from the garage. Can you please get me a screwdriver from the garage? Oh, no worry, Ma. I'll get it. Okay. Uh, Jeffrey? Jeffrey, where are you? Uh, I need the laundry detergent. It's in the garage. You're not here? Oh. Oh, I better go get it. Oh, what the fuck is all this shit? That's what should have happened. Not like, hey, everything's cool. I maybe have dementia and can't realize that you're a fucking mad scientist. Ugh. Oh, boy. Like, and then there's this weird freezer thing in the back. And, like, what's in the freezer thing? Why, there's a bunch of purple goo. And what's in the purple goo? Well, what do you think? What do you think could possibly be in there? Come on, you know where these things are going. No, no, it's not that. No, or that. I mean, come on, really? No, of course. Really, is it that? Do I have to spell it out for you? Okay, you get one more guess. Right, it's Elizabeth's head and her other body parts that were missing from the crime scene. Oh my god, I can't believe that's exactly what it was. Uh, so he takes them out and he tells them... He specifically tells the head, Hey, we're going to have a nice Italian dinner. And then they go into the living room again where mom never fucking walks in on him. And, well, he has a nice dinner. You look radiant tonight, Elizabeth. Those baths are doing you a world of good. You've got such a healthy glow now. You look luminous, magnificent, wonderful. Here's to you. To us, to new beginnings. Cleanse the palate now. There we go, nice and slow. That's very good. That's it. That's it. Very good, nice and easy. It's very nice, very tidy, very neat. You like that Beaujolais, don't you? I've got big news, honey, and it's the reason for the celebration tonight. There's a storm headed our way. It should be here in about two days, and I want to be ready for it. If everything goes as planned, and it should, it'll be a whole new look for you. As a matter of fact, it'll be a whole new you. Let me show you what I mean. 
Okay, a couple things before I tell you what he means. Uh, well, first off, Italian dinner means pizza. Okay. Uh, I guess you could call it that. Maybe that's why I had the craving for pizza tonight. Because they had pizza and... Sounded really good. Like, a nice, good pepperoni pizza. Okay, you need to get off the food, need to get off the food. Uh, but uh, the other thing is, he dressed up. I mean, he's wearing a suit to dinner, so I guess he really does cherish the time that he has with her head. Uh, and then he does pour the wine down the mouth of Elizabeth's head, and it spills all over the table. It's weird. It's kind of funny. Uh, what also is funny is that he shows her the new person that she could possibly be and shows her picture on the head of a bunch of different naked ladies. Like, he's constantly showing her pictures, like, and I, and I'm talking about her like she's alive at this point, because she's just a fucking head on the table, okay? But he's just like, here, look at this big-titted lady, and here, this lady's, maybe her tits aren't as big, but man, she has a nice ass. And then here, look at, oh, no, that one's too old, we're gonna throw that one away. And then here, no, he really doesn't do that one, but it's like, he could have just shown anybody, right? He doesn't necessarily have to have naked ladies on there, but in my honest opinion, you know, if you're going to build something that you're going to want to be with, I guess you're going to try to build something that you like. But at the same time, you've kind of got to think about her, right? Like, she's probably going to get freaked out by the fact that that's not her body if you're putting her on somebody else's body. Um, That maybe you would try to get something that's somewhat similar. Not necessarily somebody that is like, you know, let's say she was a a B, and then you go out and you find a triple G. That's not going to work. I mean, again, that's more for you than it is for her, right? Like, I'm going to have to look at this body for the rest of my life because I'm going to have to hide her because, well, can't have an undead lady walking around that doesn't know, you know, nobody knows is actually alive anymore. Uh, you got to go with something that's comparable, you know, maybe if you do go up a size. If she was a B, you could probably go to a C. She might not notice. How long has she been gone for? A couple months? Maybe a year? Uh, then, hey, go ahead, do that. But don't jump up too much. And then, you know, make sure that it's somebody similar. You don't want to give her the body of, you know, an African-American lady when she was white. Or make her, you know... Chinese or Japanese when she was white just because oh hey I've always wanted to be with an you know a Chinese chick I might as well make my new woman into half Chinese or part Chinese and then ahead of a white lady don't don't fucking do that be somewhat respectful okay well he realizes that he needs to figure out a way to get those parts so what has to happen I can't feel guilty now I don't want to feel guilty now I just I just want to make life you know, I just want to bring you back, Elizabeth, you know. I mean, in order for you to to live, I mean, somebody's got to take your place, you know. I mean, somebody has to die for you to live. And here he's kind of having that moral dilemma that he has at different times during the film. And I get it. You don't want to necessarily kill somebody. 
uh, just because, you know, you want to bring back your girlfriend. But yet again, this is what you've been studying for, right? You have been researching everything here, and yet you're afraid to go through with whatever is going to happen. And so he does the only thing that he knows how on how to get rid of that feeling in his head. Uh, He takes a drill to it. This is probably one of the more weird things in the film, uh, which he does multiple times. He basically pulls out a drill, puts the drill bit in, and then he figures out which one uh, or what part of his brain he needs to attack. Some people need drugs. Some people need booze. I just need a little surgical assistance. So then he drills 22 out of his brain and there's no fucking blood anywhere. Like you don't see pieces of his brain pop out. You don't see pieces of his head or his skull. He just drills in. It fixes wherever the problem is. And then he goes on from there. In fact, he needs an idea. So he decides, hey, why not try the drill once again to give him some idea of where he's going to get the parts that he needs? All right, now let me try this again. Now we're going to come up with something here. The hole is already bored. That's it. Okay, okay. If I need female body parts, then I'll buy female body parts. And there's a place across the river where there are thousands of women anxious to sell their parts. There's no questions asked. Of course, with the right amount of cash. I do have my Christmas Club account. Uh, Come on. Don't go after your Christmas Club account. Grandma and your ma have given you so much money just to put into that that, you know, it's meant for emergency purposes only not to go out and buy hookers that you're planning on killing to get the body parts that you need to create your woman in the image that you want it to be. Okay, maybe Gram Gram would understand then. Like, look, I'm killing hookers. It's not that bad, right? So he drives from New Jersey over into New York. And he... While he's driving, it looks like he's masturbating. I don't know why I thought that. When you see it, maybe now you won't get it out of your head. But that's just kind of the way that it goes. And he keeps looking down the alleyways. And he's like, oh, no, not this one. Oh, no, 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 no. Not this one. I don't know why I'm giving him that type of voice. But finally, he arrives into the alley. He's like, yes. Yes, this is the one. Because all the other hookers in all the other alleys that you went by just were not as good as this third alley. And there definitely are a lot more streetwalkers on this one, you know, than there were on the other one. So maybe he feels like he's going to get a good sampling of people, right? He needs to make sure he has a 
well enough, you know, scientific sampling of parts. So that way, maybe he could pick and choose, or maybe he could find the perfect one, the only one body that he needs to do it. So he pulls in, and of course, one of the girls right away spots him and comes to the car. Hey, going out on a date? Some action? Some company? You lonely? You look, uh, you, you look great. I, I'm not used to seeing that. You're a Jersey boy, ain't you? Yeah, Jersey. I'm right over the bridge, uh, to the left. Well, you just take a couple deep breaths and relax and tell me what you want. Uh, well, I'm looking for a couple of girls, um, that have the right, uh, nice parts. I, I, I'm looking for a lot of good parts. Honey, in case you ain't noticed, I not only got all the right parts, I got them in all the right places. So when she says that, she just pulls down her shirt and boom, her boobs are right out there. I mean, this movie has a hard, and when I mean hard, it is a hard R. In fact, this is the type of movie that I would have stayed up late on Cinemax to fucking watch if I had known that it had been out there in my youth, right? This, it, there is no softcore sex, okay? Well, there I guess there is a sex scene in the movie, but there isn't, like a lot of sex like with so many hookers in this film you'd expect there to be that but there's a just so much tna in this movie that it gets really ridiculous like the the whole time when you know when jeffrey was showing the head of elizabeth the pictures every single woman was nude now we're out here on the streets and she's just fucking whipping her titties out i mean it's just a simple like pull down of the uh i don't know what that is it's like a halter top corset type of thing you know somebody would know what it is uh but she pulls it down and she pulls out her mediocre boobs uh and so they you know he still tries to convince her that hey no i need other women so she calls over her friend amber who takes her sweet ass time moving across the goddamn road like seriously though why are you taking so long so Amber finally gets over to the car, and she basically propositions, say, that, oh, hey, both of us go together. And, of course, that's not what Jeffrey wants. No, no, no. Jersey boy doesn't want that. Uh, uh, I want to throw a party for my brother. He's sick. Uh, I- I'm going to need about uh, six or seven of the most beautiful girls you got on this block, yourselves included. See, I want to I wanna have sort of like a-, a beauty contest for him. Oh, and you get the winner, right? Well, uh, I'll make a new woman of her. It'll cost you. Well, well money, money's not a problem. I, I got money. Well, lover, we can get you all the girls you need. You better check it out with Zara first. Zara? Zara. Zara. Okay, now, the only thing going through my mind at this point in the film is a little ditty. Yes, little ditty that I have stuck in my head. And... It goes a little something like this. Well, if you like tits, then this is your movie. Mediocre boobies. We're gonna go to New York and get some hookers to kill for me. And build, that is. Okay, sorry. That was probably really horrible. But I don't know why I just kept having, like, fucking dire straits, like, singing about New York boobs and all this other stuff. Maybe one of these days I'll make that into a full-length song for everybody. But 
<laughs> Honestly, it's just like everywhere. They they go and take him to go see Zorro. And again, it's like this really run-down apartment somewhere in New York or house. And there's just, again, boobs everywhere. I think there's people, as they walk towards the back, like, just randomly fucking. The hallway is completely, like... It seems like it's a party. It's not really building. I think this was the bar that they first went to. Because they go into the bathroom. And there's like a dude plowing a chick in the bathroom as well. And I'm like, first thought, I was like, oh, no. No. Are they going to... Is that guy getting like a Blumpkin or something in there? Because I really don't need to see that in, in any type of film. And I don't know if Blumpkins were popular back then. Or if anybody knew exactly what it was. And I'm sure it's not going to help fucking tell anybody. You just look that up on your own. Urban Dictionary is your friend, okay? Uh, but yeah, there's a guy. He's plowing some lady in the bathroom. And then we actually get to meet Zorro. And there's all these before we actually talk to him all these close-ups of these people and there's one guy that's like begging him for something just begging him and then he hands him a baggie and then you go over to this other guy and he's smoking out of a crack pipe that's right everybody in here is addicted to crack so not only does Zoro control the poon game but he also seems to control the crack trade that's around here and so uh, the stripper with the, or I should say, hooker with not so much the heart of gold, but the addiction to crack, thus introduces Jeffrey to Zorro. Hey, Jersey boy. What do you do? Zorro, he'll fix you up. Get you everything you need. Nice. See you later, guys. Last diet. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of folks on it in these parts. And he tells me you're holding a party, need a lot of girls. Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow night. It's under me outside. Oh, it's kind of hot. My girls are the best. The best to look at, the best for fun. You win us maybe in eight thousands of dollars. You want the best, you gotta pay. Well, you know, I'm sure we can agree on a price. Yeah, let's talk business, my friend. Yeah, by the way, uh... How much does one of those little plastic bags cost? One of these? Okay, they never really talked about money, but the other thing I forgot to mention was how much... Jeffrey is flaunting his fucking money. Like, every time they talk about, well, it's gonna cost you, he pulls out this roll of fucking, like, I don't know, like fifteen twenty dollar bills. I mean, maybe that's over exaggerating, but he rolls. It's a huge fucking roll of twenties, right? That's probably exaggerating too little. Uh, fifteen. Come on, what is that? Like two hundred bucks? Uh, was he? Uh, two hundred? Oh, maybe three hundred dollars. That's it. Man, okay. It's definitely a lot more than that. It looks like it's probably like $1,000 rolled into a roll. And everybody gets fucking jonesy about all the fucking money. Uh, but he doesn't flash it to Zorro. He flashes it to only the girls because maybe he thinks he can handle the girls. I don't fucking know. But he uh, is also interested in, oh, what's that baggie? It's fucking crack. You know it's crack. You see the guy in the corner, and he's just blowing smoke into fucking rings and shit. I get it. You smoke crack, okay? You don't have to show off. I I get it. You smoke it. Good. Good for you. Uh, And he just... 
it's a weird transition from this to what happens next. And normally I don't like to play things that are back to back, but I had to play this next part because it it explains part of his plan that he's going to do based around this crack. But he's just so nonchalant about everything. And and Zoro, I have to tell you something. I've seen the women that are your women. They are not the top, okay? When we get to actually see them, I don't understand how Jeffrey could even pick body parts from any of these people or decide that any of these people would be the perfect person to turn into your fucking Elizabeth. It makes no sense. He's got, like, mediocre people at best. That's probably where the mediocre titty song came from. Uh, mediocre, mediocre, mediocre titties. See, that works perfectly fine. We might have to do that later on in the future. Uh, but... (laughs) So we go from here after he's uh, presumably bought crack. For what reason? I don't fucking know. But we go to the weirdest fucking cutaway, which is a TV program where there's a lady talking about how they need to legalize prostitution. What, are you crazy? What the hell are you talking about? I am talking about women controlled by drugs and dying from them. I'm talking about women selling their bodies because they no longer have any other choice. I am talking about human beings who need protection. And you honestly believe that legalizing prostitution is going to somehow magically make all of these problems disappear? Well, it's a start. Oh, and what's next? Let the government issue them condoms? Let the taxpayers pay for the hotels? Don't laugh. Don't laugh. She's right. She's right. This crack shit's killing them. This super crack will get the job done a lot quicker. That's right. He went and created super crack. He has this giant fucking jug. It's it's so ridiculous. And these giant fucking crack rocks. I mean, they're the size of your fist. And he decides that he needs to go and he has to test it out too. And he tests it out on a poor guinea pig. Uh, which, of course, explodes. But before that, we also have to learn that crack itself is whack. I mean, it's, it's not like I'm committing murder. I'm not killing anybody. The crack is what's going to kill them. Uh, hell, it's killing them already. I'm just speeding up the process, that's all. I'm not, I'm not shooting anyone. I'm not stabbing anyone. I'm merely going to place a lethal form of crack in their presence. They don't have to take it. Nobody has a gun to their head. If they don't want to do it, they can just say no. I like how he's rationalizing the whole thing. He's just like, now, uh, you know, I'm just going to give them crack that's going to kill them. I designed it in a way that's going to kill them quick. Um, if they want to do it, they can do it. Uh, no problem. It's not going to be any skin off my back. I mean, I'm not forcibly taking the crack and shoving it down their throats or putting it in their pipes and making them smoke it. You know, um, I'm just providing it. So it's not me that's killing it. It's them. They could just say, no, crack is whack. Don't do drugs. They could be exactly like Whitney Houston, right? Crack is whack. She never did it. Uh, I think. Not sure. Uh, Allegedly. So uh, he goes back and he has 
Oh, well, he meets up with the hooker from earlier, and she brings him up to the room, and he's ready, and he's going to explain exactly what he's going to do at this little party of his. All set. Hey, girls, listen up. This here's Jersey Boy. Dr. Jersey Boy. But you can call him Jeffrey. Jeffrey, this is Angel. Hi. Crystal. Hello. Amber, you already met. Nice to see you again. Anise. How do you do? Chartreuse. Pleasure. Snow. Hello. Sugar and monkey. Now, girls, Thurl told you all about Jeffrey. It's his party, and he wants to play doctor. Now, if Jeffrey wants anything more than that, you got to let me know. Because Jeffrey is a good personal friend of Zorro's. And he's getting a special rate. Understood? Yes, yes ma'am. Okay, Doc. How do you want to work this? Uh, well, let's start with the legs, shall we? So now it's, it's his party, and he will look at your boobs if he wants to. In fact, he goes through the whole room, and he's constantly measuring... Uh, the way their legs are, their butts, their hits. He even puts a check mark on one of the girl's butts, and he does buoyancy tests for the boobs for some people. He even pushes in one girl's uh, nipple, makes it an innie, and sees how fast it pops out back to being an Audi. I mean, he's very, very fucking thorough in this whole, like, inspection process. And, of course, the girls are kind of all, like, getting a little bit of annoyed. Uh, the one Asian girl that's there, uh, she <laughs> she reminds me of that girl from Daria that was the friend of uh, Daria's sister. Where it's just like, he's like, oh, you have excellent legs. And, oh, yeah, I do. Like, it's so fucking... That's the first thing I thought. If that girl from Daria was a fucking hooker, this would be her. Uh, so after he's all said and done, he's looked them up and down. He's gone up and looked at each one of their, yes, he even looks up all of their skirts and looks at their vages, uh, to see how they are. And he even says to one, man, that is nice and tight. And it made me very fucking uncomfortable, to be honest with you. Uh, (laughs) and how do you know that it's tight, right? Is it, it's a hooker's fucking vagina. It's not like it's. Uh, you know, girl from the street, uh, does that mean that she was a teenager that he was looking at? I'm not saying it, but was she possibly younger than what they were explaining it was? I don't fucking know. She didn't look like it, okay? Uh, but it's just such a weird thing to say to a hooker. And I guess maybe if you're gonna have to take a hooker's vag, that's probably the way that you wanna go, right? You don't wanna be like hot dog down a hallway type of situation. You want it to be, uh, you know, somewhat, I don't wanna say normal, but eh, somewhat gripping. Uh, like a nice novella that you know that you're only going to finish in about 30 seconds. Uh, so, uh, finally he finishes up and, uh, well, let's just say, even though he cannot choose, the party ain't over yet. Jeffrey, we only got a few minutes before we hit the streets. Have you found your perfect woman yet? Look. Zoro says you're allowed 30 minutes for the guy you pick, but you gotta pick, because the rest of us gotta go. I can't. I can't pick. Look, I'm sorry. I. You're, you're all very nice. You've been very nice, but I can't do it. I, I can't go through with this. I'm not even sure that this would work. 
Oh, God, Elizabeth. What the hell is he talking about? And who the fuck is Elizabeth? Are we getting paid? Listen, Jersey boy, you got the money. Money, huh? You're talking about money? I'm talking about human life. You want money? Here. Here. There you go. Here, take the goddamn money. Don't you see what I'm trying to do? What do you think's been going on here? Yeah, everybody, play with the money. Play with the dirty money. Whoa. Holy shit. What's this? Holy shit, John. It's not my job. Holy shit, Lori. Put that back. That's supposed to be for the winner. Look at this, girls. The party ain't over yet. So the girls, they totally manage to hold him down while they get it on with the goddamn super crack. Everybody get it. It's like it just becomes the most random fucking party. We also get to see Zoro. He's downstairs because he's waiting for him to finish up so that, of course, like she said, you you pick the one and then everybody else, they have to go to work for Zoro. And Zoro starts coming upstairs and when they start, like doing the super crack he can't break through the door at the same time now jersey boy i mean jeffrey here looks like he could overpower these girls like easily but maybe not when they're smoking the super crack maybe the super crack also turns them into the fucking hulk so it's like the incredible crackhead that's going on here uh you know mild manner hooker by day fucking stronger than ever hooker by night uh and this is where it's like in excess of like nudity. I I can't believe I would say this about anything that I'd watch, but it's like they just get naked for no reason. They're partying, smoking crack. They turn on the devil's music, which I assume is new wave because that's what it sounds like. And they're all partying and when they after they turn it on, like they're all stripping down to nothing. And like there's women i don't think i've even seen before like there's looks like there's lady she's possibly blasian and i hadn't seen her before but then when i went back and did the audio for this episode okay she was in the lineup she was i think she was named chartreuse if i'm not mistaken but like it's just crazy they're all just dancing naked there's even one pair of boobs that pops up in the front of the camera that does like the muscle peck like bounce like you know when you see like those wrestlers that can do it or body lifters that can do it uh and they bounce their pecs but she's bouncing her boobs now granted they're not big they're like i don't know like maybe b's maybe high a's um but it's still amazing that this lady's able to like do the whole bouncing peck thing with her boob but then after all this madness has basically happened, it's not really dying down, but one girl, she doesn't feel very well. And then it starts turning into Michael Bay's Frankenhooker, where all of the girls just start exploding. And the way they do it is really cheesy, but it really fits the film so well. Like, it's so terrible, but it's so entertaining at the same time. Because, like, a girl, I don't feel so good. And she put her hand on her head, and the moment she does that, the editing is so quick that it turns into the mannequin that explodes. I mean, they must have made a shit ton of mannequins. Because 
How many takes do you think that they did to do this whole scene to make sure that they had the right type of placement for the mannequin and they got the right angles for when it exploded? Uh, I mean, they could have done a lot of it on one take. Fuck, I don't know, but it's so entertaining. I, I just don't know why to see naked ladies fucking explode because they're not really ladies, right? If you did this nowadays, this would be like all in CG and extremely gory, but this is so comical. Like, they just... Smoke it to crack and blow up. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Uh, so they're exploding. Everybody's all panicking, and Jeffrey is very, very upset. And Zoro, he finally breaks into the room. And when he does, his main number one bottom bitch explodes, and her head flies out, hits him in the head. And knocks him out completely. And probably also scars him for quite a bit of time. And then the dust settles. And we see Jeffrey kind of all left by his lonesome. Seeing what the aftermath of a super crack has done. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh Jesus. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry! Everybody, I'm sorry. I didn't mean for this to happen. It's an accident. Look. I I want to apologize to everybody here, please. I'm going to put everybody back together. I promise you. Well, first thing, I got to put Elizabeth back together because that's that's the whole point of this. And then I'm going to take care of everybody. I'm going to get to everybody. Just take it easy. First, we're going to take a little trip to New Jersey. It's just right over the bridge. I got an estrogen-based blood serum there. It's going to do wonders for you. It'll make you feel like little girls again. Just trust me, all right? So, <laughs> he's going to put all of them back together, too? Like, that's his big plan? Like, oh my god, I can't believe this. Because he meant to blow up one girl. But at the same time, when you think about it, that super crack was going to make them explode. So you're going to give it to the winner so that way she explodes and you collect all the body parts and then put it... Like, that's just a dumb idea, to be honest with you. Wouldn't it just be better to just do the serial killer thing and, like, lop off her head and, bam, there we go. Uh, I've got the perfect body that all I have to do is fucking sew her head back on. But, of course, he wants to use the other parts from... Uh, Elizabeth, I guess, right? He wants to use the head. He wants to use the one hand that he has as the ring. Uh, and I think there's an arm also that's attached to it in the one foot uh, when he's going to sew it all back together, I guess. Just have a regular person all put together. Don't give them exploding super crack. So he loads all the bodies into trash bags. It looked like maybe he did about three. And then he throws them out the fire escape and drives back to his home. Uh, where... He leaves them in the trunk of his car, but has them open the entire time. Now, granted, this is back in 90, where probably things like cell phones weren't readily available or available to everybody. But you would think, since he has to drive from New York back to New Jersey, that somebody would have seen that trunk full of body parts and random trash bags just hanging out the back. Like, it didn't even look like he put a rope over it or anything. He just kind of put him back there, and maybe they would have fallen out. Maybe he did lose some body parts. Well, he runs back in there. He takes out Elizabeth's head and her hand and her foot and then throws all the other, well, before he throws all the other body parts in the goo, he starts, like, sorting through all the body parts that he has. 
and he has a table full of breasts. Like he's cut off the breasts off of everybody's torso, and they're just sitting there. And he's got torsos, he's got legs and other parts. He's got arms and stuff like that. So he gets all the pieces that he thinks are perfect, including the legs, which have a foot that has bunions on it. So then that's not the perfect set of legs, right? Because your bunions, you know, even though you're able to file them off and that's fucking disgusting, it doesn't make the perfect leg. But all it does is make, like, maybe, well, I guess maybe it doesn't make the perfect full leg. I don't know. You'd think, maybe he doesn't give a shit about feet, okay? He was going to use one of her fucking, like, missing feet from the whole thing. Now that he's ready to start getting to work, he takes one last chance to talk to Elizabeth before he's transformed her. Oh, God, Elizabeth. I love you so much. I hope I'm doing the right thing. I mean, I know that things will never be the same again as before, but I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe they'll be better. I don't know. But I do know I'll have you back with me. And I'll never let anything ever hurt you again, I promise. For as long as I live, you'll be safe. So he tosses all the other body parts into the purple goo that's left in that freezer that he's got there. And then he goes all Frankenstein on everything. He's got the storm that's coming and he's getting ready. He's got her all sewed up together. He has the head on top. She has officially become Voltron uh, because she has formed the head, okay? Uh, And so he lifts her up into the air the lightning and the thunder happen and the energy happens to just perfectly hit the uh, the contraption that he's built, uh, which shocks him because the whole current goes through and goes to the lever that he's holding on. And it also seems to affect the purple goo that is in the corner back there that has all the body parts in it. Well, he's able to get up, and as he gets up, he knows the storm has passed, so he moves the lever, and he brings down the, uh, you know, the thing that she was laying on, but instead of laying on it, she is standing up with the tarp on top of her. He goes over, he pulls down the tarp to reveal Elizabeth, alive, with all the stitches and all the different body parts, and of course, he tries to reach out to her. Elizabeth. Want a date? Going out? Looking for some action? Need some company? No, wait, wait, huh? It's it's Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Got any money? Money? No, I don't. I don't have any money. So she knocks him the fuck out because it doesn't have any money to be her John. Also, I have to ask this question here, and I didn't ask it earlier. Uh, well, when you know, they revealed her, she's wearing this ridiculous hooker outfit. Like, she literally has, like, a tube top or halter top, I guess you could say, and a skirt that's super, super short uh, and looks like she's a streetwalker. So did he dress her up like that or was it the lightning that did it? Because there's something else that happens at the end of the movie that doesn't make sense because it should have happened the same fucking way. And, of course, it's like... The way that she's talking is kind of like the hookers that we've met so far in the film. Though the actress is the actress from the beginning of the film who played uh, Elizabeth when she was alive for that brief five minutes. So now we're into Act 3 and she's now left the 
well, I guess the home, uh, knocked out Jeffrey, and she's looking for a date in New York City. On a date? You going out? Uh, no, thanks. I'm on my way home, but uh, thanks anyway. I... Well, well, look at the lady in purple. What truck hit you? You looking for some action? Hey, get your hands off me, babe. Need some company? Only? Got any money? Jeffrey, we've only got a few minutes left before we hit the streets. Have you found your perfect woman yet? Oh, yes. God, yes. Yes. Take me, yes. So she has to be the most aggressive hooker that's ever tried to hook a John on the street before. Who's ever hooked a hooking hook. So the first guy that she did, she like fucking just tosses him aside and you can hear him like, I don't know, go, oh, like it's almost like a Wilhelm scream, but it's not quite. And the second guy who like approaches her, who sounds kind of like a gay guy, like mad that she's on his street or whatever or he's just a dude that's mad that she's hooking out there and when she pushes him you can kind of hear it in that clip where a car hits him and then she gets her picture taken by a bunch of japanese tourists okay and uh she just kind of pushes them away and that's when she turns around the little short guy with glasses that sounds stereotypically jewish uh and takes him back to where all the hooking normally happens with Zorro. Uh, She takes him upstairs into the room, and she constantly is repeating the lines from the other hookers that now make up her body. Like, all the women are now somehow fighting for control within the body, which is weird, because you have, like, one essence from each woman from every body part, so, like, they get equal control over what Elizabeth actually does, Uh, And their instinct is to go fucking hooking. And surprisingly enough, she actually does have sex with this little stereotypical Jewish guy. To the point that, like, it looks like she's burning his dick off, okay? There's smoke and everything coming from the back. But he's fucking enjoying it to the point that she rips off his fucking head. And it's crazy because even before this, we do get to see what she looks like naked by the way and she has all the scars and everything but the weirdest thing is that she's got purple areola and i guess when you become the frankenhooker monster uh you get purple everything purple hair purple fingernails purple toenails and purple areolas and yes this is the frankenhooker's monster okay it's not like i understand the film's probably pointing her out as frankenhooker but if we're trying to keep with the whole you know frankenstein's monster type of lore it's not frankenstein that goes and runs amok it's frankenstein's monster so jeffrey's technically the frankenhooker and this is the frankenhooker's monster so speaking of jeffrey he comes back into the scene he finally wakes up and even though he doesn't quite believe that he's got a hooker on his hands and dude you've got a hooker uh he decides that she's gone back to where it all began right where all the hookers were in those one alleys of new york and decides to drive back over the bridge to see if he could find her he arrives and when he does he starts asking the people on the street if they've actually seen her hey excuse me excuse me listen i'm looking for a very tall attractive woman she's purple she's got fresh scars on her 
Excuse me, pal. I'm looking for a, a, a tall, attractive girl. She's got a sexy purple outfit on. She's got a scar on her neck. She's very sick. Hey, excuse me. Please, you gotta help me out here. I'm looking for my girlfriend. She's very sick. I gotta get her medicine. She's she's tall. She's got uh, she's purple. She's got some some scars on her. A purple outfit. Have you seen her around here? Oh yeah, four of them. But you've had two for myself. What are you talking about? What are you, some kind of a Swede? You're talking to me in Swedish in Times Square. Elizabeth. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's actually pretty funny. That's that's two of the probably the funnier things that actually happen in this movie. Besides the way that everybody kind of reacts uh, to Elizabeth now that she's live and she's the Frankenhooker's monster. So, uh... There's something weird, too, I should have mentioned that I didn't mention when she killed the poor Jewish guy uh, by fucking him to death. She, like, fused electricity or something, or she got, like, super crack powers because they all smoked the super crack, and then they were hit by lightning, and now they're all so together. So, as, like I said, they're all, like, Voltron lions, and fucking Elizabeth formed the head, but they now have these super crack powers. And it's also shown when some guy, as she's trying to walk out of the building, decides that he's going to have the best pickup line in the fucking history of movies. Hey. Hey, dollface. How about those Mets? Well, actually, I'm not too fond of organized sports. More of a one-on-one type guy. I kind of prefer a certain indoor sport, you know what I mean? How about if I uh, stick my tongue down your throat? And so he does, and then she uses her super crack powers or electricity powers, I don't know what powers they are, to blow him fucking up too. Uh, And did I also mention that she robbed the guy that she killed before, the little Jewish guy, after she took off his head? Yeah, see, she's truly a hooker all about that squirrel, yo. Uh, so, uh, we go back and uh, onto the streets, and Jeffrey is still looking for Elizabeth. How hard is it to find a hooker that's been stitched together uh, and has purple hair and wears a purple outfit? Well, I guess in an area where there's a lot of hookers, uh, it's relatively hard because they automatically think that you're just a John looking for a good time. You looking for some company this evening? What's happening, sugar? Listen, girls, I need some help. Oh, I'm sure I can help you. I know I can. No, uh, I'm looking for a tall, purple girl. She's got a black forearm and and fresh stitches. We got handcuffs, whips, enemas, dildos, racks, chain link, barbed wire, and feathers. She's she's also got a a tattoo on her arm. It's a Z in a circle. That's one of Zorro's girls. They're all gone. They're dead. No, they're not. They're Fuck off. They're coming back. They're going to be back in a couple of what weeks. What do you know about this? Oh. What do you fucking know about this? What do you dress like that for, man? The right thing. Did you do the fucking right thing? That's the question. Did you do the gotta, right thing? I gotta get huh? back. I'm going to the hospital now. I got to go to my emergency room. I'll put you in the fucking emergency room. What are you, a fucking sick son of a bitch? Yeah, okay, I don't understand what the point of that last guy was, to be honest. Was he one of Zorro's men? Was he somebody that, you know, they recognized because they learned about the doctor on the street and the doctor is the one that killed everybody? 
I don't really know. Uh, I'm assuming it's kind of the last one when I think about it. The fact that he's wearing scrubs and everything and Dr. Jeffrey, quote-unquote, that was the game that they wanted to play. And also the fact that they basically blew up under his watch, right? So I guess if that guy knew or he was one of the other pimps in the area, he'd be worried about that guy trying to get with the other girls that were there. Meanwhile, we go back into the bar and Zoro himself is basically kind of drowning in the fact that his bitches exploded. No, 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 no. They didn't leave. They didn't go nowhere. They just blew up. Blew up. Fucking exploded. One minute they're my bitches, the next piece is all over. Well, when a man loses his hoes, he loses everything. I didn't lose them, man. They just blew up. That's what happened, man. So that's when he sees our lovely Frankenhooker's monster over there on the other side of the bar, decides to take her over into the corner, I mean Zoro's friend, this really weird creepster guy. That he kind of reminds me of that one guy from UHF. Wow, two UHF references and one fucking thing. But if you remember that movie uh, where the bad guy, he gives this beggar a coin to go the F away. And then it turns out that that coin was worth a bunch of money. And he was able to buy the rest of the bonds for the station to save the UHF station. It sounds almost the same like... Like, it's the same fucking actor, but I don't really know, and I didn't really look it up for this episode. It's just, I have that feeling, but it probably isn't. Uh, It'd be weird if it was, though, right? Um, I guess it would be, they're about the same time, you know, that they came out. Maybe UHF might have been a little bit later. Um, But, you know, it it definitely sounds like the guy. So, uh, he takes her over to the corner. He tells her, oh, I'm going to take care of you, and all this other BS, and then he, like, goes down on her, and he explodes in the most Michael Bay of Michael Bay explosions that I've ever seen in this type of movie. Like, it's a fucking fireball of an explosion inside of there. And then on the outside, as we see that there's some panic from that explosion happening, we get into what I think is actually the funniest moment in this movie. Babylon the Great, mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore, the woman arrayed in purple and scarlet. Kings of the earth have committed fornications and live deliciously with her. They shall wail and lament when they see the smoke of her burning. So you've seen her. She's in the bar. God bless. It still fucking makes me laugh. I guess it's just the way it goes. She's in the bar. Like, after everything. Like, he's seen this whole monstrosity, and and now all of a sudden it's like fucking scripture or something. So, Jeffrey goes inside the bar, and he sees her, and everybody's kind of panicking. And when he goes over to grab her, her head, like, pops off, and blood starts spewing everywhere. And uh, he takes her out and back to his car. But not before Zoro sees her and sees him. So Zoro follows them while Jeffrey goes back over to the house. He hooks her back up into the table and he starts like putting these weird. He basically puts the Frankenstein monster bolts in her neck and puts big staples so that the head stays down. And he's shooting electricity in there and he's worried that, you know she's not a hooker and he didn't mean for this to happen and he gets the surprise of his life 
Elizabeth, I know you're not a hooker. You're not a hooker, Elizabeth. You're not. You're not. Of course I'm not. Why in the world would you ever say anything like that, Jeffrey? Elizabeth. Elizabeth, is, is that you? What are we doing here? What happened to Mom and Dad and the party? I... You don't, I, you don't remember? The lawnmower! Oh, God, what's happened to me? gone. A coma? Of course. Dead? I brought you back, Elizabeth. I brought you back to life. How? Oh, a bunch of things. I got it all written down over there. This is fantastic. This is incredible. What a miracle. You have to share this with the rest of the world. Huh. No, it's half a miracle. I... I... My, my blood serum is estrogen-based. I mean, I can only bring back women. Oh, but just think of how many people you can save, Jeffrey. I'm so proud of you. So very, very proud of you. These aren't my arms. This isn't my hand. These aren't my legs. This isn't my breast. Look at me. What have you done? Take it easy, all right? Just calm down. I can explain everything. I had to make a few changes, that's all. There wasn't enough of you left to fry an egg with. I feel so strange, as if there were so many different women inside of me. All right, maybe I had to do a few unorthodox things, but, you know, things didn't turn out so bad. I mean, I love you. I love you. And you're alive. And I love you, Elizabeth. Now more than ever, I love you. And we're going to spend the rest of our lives together, me and you. And that's at the point that Zorro cuts off poor Jeffrey's head, sending him to the floor. And then she begins screaming and wondering what's going on because Zorro's like, hey, you are mine now. And because you're basically made of all the different hookers that I had before. But he also gets basically his just desserts as well. Because he uh, backs into the, well, I think the um, the freezer thing that's holding all the body parts falls over. And out come all these monstrosities of the different hookers all merged together. I guess when the lightning happened and first started the whole reaction of bringing, uh, you know, Elizabeth back to life. It also molded and formed all the random pieces inside of there. So you got like a lump of boobs and you got some heads mixed with some arms and maybe some legs. And they all go after Zorro and pull him back into the freezer along with the one packet of crack that he dropped because yes even though they are weird uh disfigured little body monster things they still need to have the fucking crack so uh elizabeth then picks up jeffrey's head now that he's been killed which is really random and honestly she had a lot of good points like you know she's happy that she's back from the dead and then create this thing. But I think she's just upset the fact that he, you know, had to kill people to bring her back. And it wasn't anything like that maybe she wanted to be. So she looks at his head and she realizes that there is a way to save Jeffrey. And she goes into it and we begin the ending of the film with Jeffrey waking up after what Elizabeth has done. And then the credits roll. 
Johnson, what did you do to me, Elizabeth? Granted, what I did may have been a bit unorthodox, but hey, you look great, and you're alive, and you're back with me, and I love you. I love you, Jeffrey, and we're together again, all of us. Together again. <laughs> together again. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> didn't guess it by the end of that and i know it's kind of weird to use that and then go into the end credits he got put together on a female's body and she basically turned him into another frankenhooker or at least a female version of the frankenstein's monster uh and like that's the other reason why i say that he's the real frankenhooker because at the end his monster turns him into what she is so is this a good movie? No. Oh, no, no, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, and that last scene is very disturbing as well. I mean, the hand is perfectly placed over his crotch, so you don't have to see any bush, but you get to see those big, nice titties that he has from now on. And again, all, everything has been turned purple, because, fuck, he's a Frankenstein's monster now. Uh, but, you know, from the, the sometimes stiffness of the other actors... Jeffrey is so good. Uh, it is it is really odd, really weird, batshit fucking crazy. But God, do I love that character so much. And it's so well done. And even, uh, you know, when Elizabeth comes alive as Frankenhooker, she's a little bit stiff. And she wasn't the best actress in the beginning of the movie. But, you know, I she fills a role that she fills well enough. And it's very entertaining. But it's just so ridiculous. Even with the hookers, man, all of them, they're all stereotypical. They all got those fucking New Jersey or New York accents. They all love their fucking crack. Uh, the worst probably 
if you want to say actors in the film, is the guy that plays Zorro and the mom. Uh, even though she's been in a bunch of stuff past this, it definitely was like, this is a buck that I need and I'm just kind of doing this for fun. So I'm not really going to try my hardest uh, to be a great character in the movie. And it's not like she's really well needed. But it has just the right amount of humor. It has just the right amount of fun. Uh, and, but it definitely does it over top uh, a little bit on the nudity. Uh, but, you know, as much as I made fun of it, saying that I can't really, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but, you know, it's not like it's to a super extreme. It maybe just threw me off a little bit because I thought 90s horror, maybe it's not going to be so bad, but it's truly an 80s horror movie. Uh, and so let's go ahead and rate the film. Uh, Gore, it's a three out of five. I really like the mannequins and the puppets with everything exploding. I think that scene is great, but it's not very bloody. But there are parts flying everywhere, and there's a couple of things when the guinea pig explodes and you see the brain and the props and stuff like that. You know, I'll, I'm being a little generous here because it's not necessarily gory uh, as it is silly uh, in general. Um, the crap factor, it is a four out of five. There are so many bad things, including those models, the mannequins, and the practical things like the eyeball brain fish thing. Um, it just looks so cheesy and shitty, but it's so entertaining that I just can't get past it. And a lot of the acting, like I said, it was bad. The plot in general, the three acts, I mean, the first act is basically him coming up with the idea of what he needs to get to. Second act, him getting the hookers. Third act, bringing the hooker to life and what she does. But she really doesn't do anything bad other than kill two people, three technically, if you think about the guy that got hit by the car. And so, you know, and, and the one guy he does kill by fucking, and he rips, she rips off his head and robs him. Um, but it's not that terrible in all. Like, she didn't go on a giant campaigning crusade uh, to, you know, fuck anything that uh, walks and take all of their money. I mean, she kind of did. Uh, so, the last thing is fun factor. And I'm giving this a 5 out of 5. This movie is fun. It is very entertaining. It's so bad, it's good. Uh, the way it really, a lot of it focuses on Jeffrey. And I know I didn't play a lot of the other little small things. Because they're just kind of small bursts of uh, he, the real creativeness of the character, I think. The way that it was performed. Because I don't think it was written very well, but he did a very good job. And it was really like this guy who did such deadpan fucking acting to be that funny and for the role to work so well. And it seemed like he was just having so much fun with it was great and really brought a lot of enjoyment to the film uh, as a whole. So... Overall, I give this film 4.5 Super Crack Rocks out of 5. I think everybody should see it. If you've never seen it, um, you should go out and you should watch it. Like I I know these podcasts spoil it, but uh, honestly, if you've listened through and anything sounds entertaining to you, uh, you should have stopped and just gone on and started watching the movie. I'm sorry I didn't do the spoiler, that type of thing in the beginning of it, but... I I definitely think it's a movie that everybody should see at least once, whether you hate it, whether you like it. But I feel if you're listening to this podcast, then, you know, you might have similar tastes of mine when it comes to bad movies. And I think you'll really, really enjoy this film. It's worth a watch. Uh, 
and I can't say enough good things about it. And I think it actually gets one of the highest ratings that this podcast has ever gotten. Uh, so, what are we watching next week? Well, I can tell you that the film was picked for me uh, as the 900th follower of the podcast, The Hiccups Podcasts, at Hiccups Podcast, that's H-I-C-C-U-P-S Podcast, all one word, uh, they have decided that they will pick the werewolf movie for the month, and that werewolf movie is this. Everybody's worst nightmare has returned. It's known simply as the howling. Every night I've been hearing this howling. There's something so sinister about these woods. He's out there. There's no big animals here, Bass. Don't worry. There's nothing in the forest to harm you. Go away! Go away, my child! That's right, we're going to be listening to and watching <laughs> The Howling 4. Um, it is available in random places. Um, you can always get it for rent on iTunes or Amazon, uh, as well as through YouTube, I believe, and you're able to find it out there as well. It might be able uh, available on YouTube for free if you search for it, but definitely... Eh. Uh, I'm a little worried about going back into that one, but it was this in their vampire movie, and they decided to go with uh, Werewolf over Vampire. So, uh, also, I want to give a shout out to not just the uh, Laughing Horror podcast you heard at the beginning of the episode, but somebody that, uh, and, and I wish I had more interactions with you, dude, but you are fucking stellar and i need to buy your book i'm not trying to get a free one uh but isaac thorne at isaac thorne the dude is awesome uh he's been very supportive of the show for a very long time uh he's good friends with the richard the fear merchant and as well as phantom dark dave and does a lot of stuff with scream radio scrm radio um please go out and check out his book i need to pick up a copy for myself uh and get those fucking awesome but nickel looking stickers uh but the dude is very very supportive of everybody in this community and everybody should go out and follow him on twitter and read his shit so uh without further ado that is it for this weekend so 
Um, don't forget to follow the podcast on Twitter, T underscore, T underscore podcast, Terrible Terror Podcast on Instagram, Terrible Terror Podcast, Facebook.com slash Terrible Terror Podcast on Facebook. Uh, come on, guys. If you really enjoy the show, I'd love to get some more likes on that Facebook page. But maybe you guys are mainly Twitter users. I don't fucking know. Uh, and also the Horror Amino. You can find us on there, or I guess find me, where I've done some little reviews. I'm trying to get up to the point that... I can do polls and stuff like that to get some more interactive things with the community. Um, so if you've never used the Horror Amino app before, it's actually really cool. It's all little microblogs and wikis. Uh, and it's this one is dedicated entirely to horror. Uh, and they're doing a costume contest, which I think is really awesome as well uh, with the admins. But I just have to figure out how to get checkmarked on that, how to get verified. So if anybody out there listening knows how to get verified on the Horror Amino, can you hit me a DM on Twitter? I'd really, really appreciate it. Uh, as for me, that's it for this episode so we'll be back uh next episode relatively quick with the howling four i'll talk to you later